0: Welcome to the Eric Anderson Lang Show, everybody. Very excited to have my... Yeah, uh, good uh, Very excited to have our guest today. The, uh, I guess, you're known for a lot of things, uh, but the Country Club collection is your... I guess that's where a lot of people know you from, huh?
1: It's the platform on Instagram and social media that I created.
0: Right. And you may notice that I haven't referred to him by name because that was a request. So I feel like I'm... You know, you haven't seen the episode yet, but from season three, we... Um, we did a, we did a, an episode of a, of a guy who lives in Albany, New York in the middle of nowhere and he is a pro wrestler and he wore a mask the entire time and his real name is Richard and uh, Richard Byer, uh, commonly referred to as Dick Byer by friends and family. But he asked me to refer to him as his stage name, the destroyer. So I feel kind of like that. I'm sort of referring to my friend here whose name I know, but I will only call, is there a nickname that people have for you that isn't uh, your name or the Country Club Collection?
1: Not really, other than Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell, who calls me Ninja, and if you're listening to Keith, what's up? What's up, Keith? I'm gonna call you Ninja. All right. Uh, so, so Ninja, why do you?
0: Why, why are you sort of this mercurial character? Why don't Why don't you want to be the face of this whole thing?
1: Well, I created this platform.
0: First of all, let me just say, before people get too invested, they know you are also a uh, very successful
1: swing coach. No, I'm not a coach. So wh- what do you do then? So I'm a manager. I do, a manager? I do brand managing. and That's amazing. I totally
0: thought, based on your videos, that you were like teaching the golf swing.
1: No, I'm not but a golf you, coach.
0: Because so, we almost met up at the Northern Trust, and you were like, I'm working with guys. That was training, or what was that? That was just business.
1: Just business. No shit. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: my head is exploding.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. So well, that's good to know. Like I don't put my name, put anything out there about what I do. I just put content out there, and the reason why is because it's not about me. It's not about anything other than guys like you and me who like watching content about golf, and more specifically, I wanted to create stuff around guys that you don't really get to see right all too often
0: yeah you post a lot of basically the instagram if you haven't seen it it's i love it it's a great follow for me uh the country club collection it's basically the best swings in the world regardless of fame or tour is that true
1: mm-hmm. and mine and,
0: hasn't been included on there yet but it's okay <laughs> well, i don't, we're make don't that put happen. mine on there but what do you look for when you're doing this content
1: we all majority of us take us take our content in from TV and the major media cycles but I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not media either uh, that's not my job and what I do it's this is just a platform that I used I, I just had stuff from me doing work that I thought was really cool that I put up and I thought people would enjoy it so I, I don't make money off the thing that's not my goal it's right. literally just to share. Stuff with other, so other people that are interested in golf can see it. Do, do any, how
0: much of those videos do you record or are they all sent to you? 95% of it I take. Really? So you're, now then I would conclude that you're always on tour.
1: 25 weeks a year.
0: And then you told me
1: you travel 40, so what do you do the other 15? So other business clients and. Right. uh, Meetings I have to make and stuff.
0: So walk me through a little bit more about like, you know, uh, the you know, you, you post these swings, but is there something more than that? Like what is the content ultimately about
1: for you? The content's a lot, a lot of it's based on the story. Um, I like basing the story off of showing the daily and more inside stuff that uh, and personality of the players that you wouldn't necessarily get. Mm-hmm. Um, showcasing guys uh like Scott Stallings, Lonto Griffin, Jonathan Bird, Ryan Blom, Austin Cook. These guys, you don't get how they're like. We do Q&As. We do. We hang out with them. And you get to see the side of them that you wouldn't know if if you didn't watch your story. Right, right. Right, because in the feed, it's just player swings. The feed is mainly just player swings.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I fucking like sweat over that, dude. Like, I love. I play them over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Um, but you're talking about the actual, like, in the in the in the daily stories.
1: In the daily stories, right? And that's where because you have all this access. If you if you because I work with them, if you want to see more an in depth look, then you can go into our story and watch that. Whereas, like, even the swings, like, you're getting angles and looks and even guys that you wouldn't see on TV necessarily. Right.
0: Yeah, because I remember you posted... uh, I think I sent you a message because you posted a picture of Stallings' workout. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? It looked so intense.
1: Yeah, he's he's an animal. And uh, he's really dedicated to what he does. Right. And one of the nicest guys ever. Right. And you wouldn't really no one's really documented that and no one would really know how hard he goes at it if right. we we didn't work with him and we didn't shoot that right and D- we we just wanted to share that with the world right
0: how important do you think i mean you know
1: what w- what instagram accounts do you
0: follow what what do you like what's your kind of your some of your favorites
1: oh man <laughs> hard question i like it when players post genuine stuff about their life and what it's like on the tour and give people insight right who do you think does that the best because i don't know if i mean i don't definitely not rory like rory posted that photo of him at the Ryder cup like of him and tony fino i'm like that's cool i'm not sure if he like told them to post that he found that but like i'm sure that was posted on his account when he was playing a match at the Ryder cup like amazing that's not him posting that right right you want to i think nfl guys do it really well Oh, they, interesting. They have less filter. They they go out and put what they that's on their mind. Do you think that's the culture of football versus golf? Golf's just very. I won't say private because NFL guys are private too. Sure, but you you just don't want to sh- golfers don't share much. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, weird. And, and and what I really hate is on social media people are so negative and they yeah. say they say so many things like these players they see everything you right right they do and like why would you hide behind your keyboard and type that
0: it's a strange thing that you know i mean you just don't understand it really i mean because it's
1: like why would the golden rule isn't like a rule it's like why it's like a feeling we're here to promote like the growth of the game and people being positive and confident about everything that they do right that's there's enough negativity out there in the world <laughs> Why, uh,
0: what did you think of the Smiley Kaufman thing? Which part? Um, just like, you know, not playing well and then basically getting hammered, uh, online and then basically deciding
1: I'm not going to go on social media anymore. Like, I mean, how does that make you feel? That's a really like good topic that I'm glad you asked because these guys are absolutely normal dudes. Yeah. They're literally just like you and me. And I think that's what people don't understand. They put them on a pedestal like, oh, these guys are big time athletes, but like at the end of the day, they're just like you and me. They play junior golf. They play college and they're just like you and I. We, we play at the same courses. We go out at the country club and they play the same place we do a lot. I know a lot of PGA tour players and LPGA tour players. They, they practice off mats when they go home at their local place that they always grew up playing on. It's, it's the game of golf. Right. And, Going back to like your smiley question of like, what do you think about that? He's just like you and I, right? Like you can't you can't blame him for that. I th- I I've, I've interacted with them, him and his girlfriend a lot, and they're like the sweetest people ever. Um, everybody goes through funks in their golf game, and he's doing everything he can to do his best. And he's out on his medical right now, yeah. and I really hope you I I hope the best for everybody yeah and it's tough to watch but I think what I I really did like and I thought was awesome was his tweets were very genuine about being up front like hey dude I'm struggling yeah and for someone to do that I think that's really fans can relate to that and that makes him more like I'm not trying to hide away from that I think I think Stephen Boutish does that really well too like he makes fun of himself yeah 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 it makes him more personal like you you, you feel for the guy, right?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I remember there was—I um, can't remember what outlet—but there was an article, uh, an interview with Smiley that came out. And you know, I follow PGA memes. Travis is a good guy. I think he's really one of the funniest guys out there. Um, but I was—but you know—and and he was actually giving Smiley a ton of shit. He and gave a lot he, of people a lot of shit. Well, yeah, <laughs> and then he retracted,
1: mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm sorry," which I thought was really cool. That was the right thing to do. Yeah. For me, like I don't ever like bashing someone, right? Because going back to like we're we're here for positivity, right? And like they see all of that, right? Like when something like you, you all PG Tour players, they're on the phone all the time. They're on right. Instagram all the time. They see right. everything. Like PGA memes, like stuff I post, anybody posts, like you post, like they they watch all of it, right? Like they all they all watch your adventures in golf. Really? Oh yeah, they listen no to all your way. podcasts, everything. No way! It's such a small network of content that's created that they're up to date on everything. Word, I don't believe It's a small click of. Edit. I guess it's only a
0: couple hundred guys. Yeah,
1: word travels fast. Yeah. Like, one thing happens, everybody knows about it. Right, and and if you create really cool stuff and you do a good job, then people go, "Whoa!" Like people take notice.
0: Right. It's cool, man. It's 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 golf is a wonderful like familial ecosystem in that way, you know and. Uh, I was just, we were, I was cutting down. Um, we did a podcast with Kevin Chappell, the Northern Trust. It's one of the reasons why I couldn't meet up with you that day. And I was cutting down like the vlog that we shot along with it, which this is going to get posted. I don't know. I don't know when this episode's going to air, but uh, we, I was like cutting it down and I was just, like looking at all this footage of me saying hi to people, like as I walked into the tournament. And I was like, wow, I like, I know a lot of people there. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. when I'm walking in, I feel like an outsider, which is kind of funny. But being there, it really reminded me that this is a very like, It is almost like, maybe I'm now even being reminded of the familial nature of a country club itself, Mm -hmm. right? The PGA Tour is in itself its own country club, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's almost in a good way, like, you know, um, it's too bad that golf as a whole can't just be a country club, where everyone is like, yeah, man, I play that game too. Mm -hmm. Titleist, Puma, whatever the fuck, I don't care.
1: Mm -hmm. Adidas. But for the most part, they're a really tight family. Right. And... I think they do. The P.J. Tour does a great job, and the players, the egos aren't crazy. Right. People are genuinely. You don't even watching the Ryder Cup. You don't think the egos weren't crazy? No, I, I really the, don't think so. Really? Mm.
0: I watched the Ryder Cup. And I'm like, America lost because they just can't get their fucking heads the right size.
1: They were very confident, but like when it comes down to like when you, when you like even someone like Conor McGregor, right? Who you like the marketing and everything. Yeah. you think, oh my god, that guy has the biggest ego ever. You, I'm sure if you meet the guy in in a personal, he's just like you and I. Right. It, he's got to make money, and that's his job to look like he has a big ego. Yeah, yeah, to be super boisterous and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you don't watch golf.
1: I don't watch too much golf, and neither neither do most PGA Tour players, and people really? that work in the industry just don't watch golf at it's all. It's just too much. Oh yeah, last thing you want to do is. You touch your clubs and do golf, <laughs> but you used to play a lot of golf, right? Did you grow up playing golf? Mm-hmm. I played a lot of golf growing up, and that's. Did you get very good? I'll play with you. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got good at not touching a club for a long time, and then going out and still being able to hit a ball. Yeah, that's a whole different game. That's the mid am game, right? That's Just the, the mid am game. Right? Yeah, mid ams are phenomenal. You, you look at guys like Stuart Heistad and yeah Matt Parsielli, and they're. Unbelievable, like working a full-time job as a firefighter and then winning the U.S. Mid-Am and then competing in the Masters and everything. That's phenomenal. They shoot unbelievable scores, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, but there's still a big difference between them and a pro, huh?
1: It's not even close. Not even close. So John Peterson, we were at Waste Management this year, and and, and John recently, like, we were at Waste Management. I don't know John Peterson. John Peterson, uh, he played at LSU, won the National NCAA Championship, and... Okay. On PJ for a while and he was on a medical and then he came back and he had a sudden nervous to start and he's like, man, like this travel life isn't for me. If I don't make enough money to get my card, I'm not, I don't really want to keep doing this anymore. Right. So at the end of the year we're at waste management and he's like, this is the ultimatum. Like if I don't keep my card after everything and even after web finals, if I don't keep my card, then I'm going to be a dad. And he really enjoys being home, not traveling and not seeing his kids often. Yeah, that's tough. And congratulations to him because he, he's having another kid. Hey, just announced. Awesome. And uh, he was like, "Man, like, I'm totally down to work and be with my kids, and after pro golf, go be an amateur and go try to win the USAM and be on the Ryder Cup." And props to him. And right. he's like, "They were all talking about that would be he he thinks like that's the easiest thing ever." And like realistically, I really do think so because they're the game. Like, I, I we were when we were having breakfast, we were talking about how, like how. The next number one am comes up to the tee box. It goes to the range at his first Peter Tour event and thinks he's the man. And all the other pros are like, "Okay, buddy, we 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 were all number one ams too." Whoa! You got to realize that. Yeah, it's that hard of a competition, gangster. You know the funny thing
0: about golf and the way we watch golf is that uh it's like NFL red zone. Mm-hmm. All you're seeing is the best plays from the best games condensed. Mm-hmm. So like. You know, I played in a pro-am. I played in a couple now, and it's funny, man. You just, like, it's, it's, it's almost the reverse of what you just said in the sense that they're all great, but you, you, like, I played with, like, one guy. I don't want to, you know, whatever, say his name, but, like, I was like, eh, man, it's not that good. Like, I mean, I hit some pretty good shots. It's, you know, I'm not very good. I'm literally struggling to find the right groove and the center of the club, and I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting
1: around. To explain how good a PGA Tour player is, Is you got, you got to understand their schedule uh-huh. They they finish their round on Sunday. They get on a plane and they fly in probably Sunday night or they, they sleep and flat Monday morning and they get there super late to the hotel. they sleep after playing seven full days in the week before, right They, they get up Monday morning probably around 10 a.m, 9 a.m. start all over again, new course, new city, new elevation, new grass, you got to play they usually play 9 holes on Monday, then Tuesday they got to play the other 9 or they don't play on Monday cuz they're tired and they play 18 holes on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, whether you're in the pro am or not, you if you if cuz the pro am is going on on Monday, on Wednesday you can't play a right. practice round. Right. It's only for pro ams. So if if you're not in the pro am, you got to play your practice round and know learn the whole course Monday, Tuesday. Wow. Well. So, you got to learn an entire new golf course, new grass, new pin placements, the whole entire greens, how the sand is, everything in Monday, Tuesday. And on a new elevation, your ball, it, huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How hum- the humidity, ball spins, wind, yeah, everything. And that's where a caddy really helps. But still, it's the best players in the world still consistently finish at the top every single week, which right. is incredible. Yeah, it is. I mean, the consistency is there. Like you, like you take your best, even mini tour player, Canada player, like, and they they can at their normal club back home at their country club they can go shoot sixty two every time, but you go take them on a tour level course, tour level conditions, tour level pins, and they you rotate every single week to a new course. Good luck. Is that
0: is why is that is that because they know where to miss or is that because they believe they can play really well?
1: They're just really good at everything. <laughs> Like, to think about just putting alone, like, if you're, like, the stat leaders for, like, inside three feet are, like, if like 96% is, like, leading or whatever, right? Over thousands of putts. Yeah, the, the entire year. year. Think, yeah. think of how many tricky three-footers you can have. They make 96% of them, right? <laughs> but also, you're including a lot of tap-ins that count as inside three feet. So. Ah, I see. But at the same time, like, let's say, if I can, if, if I gave you a machine, right? That had a perfect putt, that rolls the ball perfectly every single time. Right, your, so your stroke would be perfect every time, guaranteed. But all you have to do is read it right to make it right. If you have a perfect stroke, I don't think we can like that, Like you and I can make ninety-six percent of putts, even with a guaranteed perfect stroke every time, because we would misread more than four percent of the time. Absolutely. Different grains, different speeds. That's an, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, you know, you've got uh, down grain, uphill.
1: All of a sudden, it's going straight, but it doesn't look like... Really windy. Sometimes it's raining. Yeah. Like... And I've even
0: heard uh, some... I can't quote it or attribute it, but I've heard that even a mechanical stroke will miss from 10 feet with the same input and oh, no change. Totally, because there's just, way too many variables. It did. The grass is just, I don't know, growing or something, you know, and, and literally,
1: sometimes it lips out, sometimes it goes in. Yeah. And that's insane. And the golf comes down to one, one shot is the difference between we a winner or not.
0: You know, it's funny because I, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's really profound. One shot.
1: And that's where patience really
0: comes in. Sometimes it's a tap in. Patience. You're, you're kind of making me think about this interesting juxtaposition of golf as this, uh, you know, incredibly scientific game. Obviously, you know, you've had a lot, you spent time with Bryson, I'm sure. Yeah. Right people bryson's a whole nother topic we right. can get into that too well but. just one let me finish this one thought mm-hmm. but you know golf is this kind of an incredibly scientific game uh that we desire so much control over and we invest a lot of money on the gear and we go get in bio suits and look at our monitors and we're looking at degrees and miles per hour and, and we play it on dirt and grass that's just sort of grown and 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 we do have a sort of a fetish with like courses like TPC Scottsdale that are just stunning or Augusta right every blade is in place, they say mm-hmm. but I mean it's still just organic, it's still just earth and it still just grows out of the dirt from seed, and it's been there for I mean how long has the earth been around? billions of years I don't know millions, but whatever I mean that's that's I've really just
1: never had that thought before, and I thought that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. It's the same way it's been played since a long time ago. What What's crazy to me is thinking about like, man, like even like not that long ago, like guys like Greg Norman and even Sam Snead and stuff, they were putting on greens that were so bumpy. Think right. about the the machinery they had to cut that. They can't get it to what it is now, not even close. Right. And they had clubs that were not that great and balls that weren't that great and the surfaces were just not pure, but yeah. But they still did it. They shot some amazing scores on the same courses that we were still playing.
0: You know, we just got back from Scotland, and I, I'm, I, like, was blown away by that concept, right? Of, like, courses like Prestwick and, you know, these super old courses where, yeah, I mean, the greens were probably running on, like, a six, dude, mm-hmm. but they were still making birdies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the holes weren't even tremendously shorter. Like, in fact, Prestwick used to start on, like, uh, the equivalent of, like, a 600-yard par six is mm-hmm. what it was. And uh, young Tom or old Tom made an eagle. Mm-hmm. So he basically holed out on his third shot from the fairway. Because the drivers then were going to 200 maybe. Yeah. So then he's hitting driver, driver, driver. Mm-hmm. And he holed out on the third one. Mm-hmm. And I saw the scorecard too and I was like, what the actual What are the fuck? odds of that?" head? Yeah. yeah. So uh, did you want to talk about Bryson? Or what did, yeah. What else do you want to talk about? I think.
1: Did you know him? Do you, how well do you know him? I know him pretty well. Uh, we spent a good amount of time together. He's one of my favorite people to hang out with, and watching him play the game of golf is pretty incredible. He's one of the most talented guys ever. He, um, you see a swing and it's unorthodox. Unorthodox is such a relative term because you, just, you <laughs> if you saw people swinging like Bryson all the time, you'd be like, oh, just why is that different, right? And it's not weird until you get used to it. But I
0: mean, I think the thing that makes Bryson feel unorthodox is his equipment. I mean, everyone has a weird swing. Furick, you know, um, Bubba, but like,
1: he's got the equipment faction, which people are just like, they, they they stick to. People have a hard time calling someone who's doing something different and being innovated as being genius. Hmm. And people just see something different and are easily, it's an open target to just call them out on it and say, you're stupid, Right. right? But if you actually talk to him and like his coach Mike Shy, uh I'm gonna plug in Mike Shy here at Mike Shy Golf on Instagram. How do you spell it? M A K E S H Y. S C H Y. S C H Y. And he's um he has a golf performance institute he teaches out of in Fresno, California. Oh, cool. Where Bryson learned the game of golf. Cool. They are they go over so many really, really, really genius things and so many variables. There's so many variables in golf it's Better to, like, people were talking, like, documenting how Bryson was, like, spraying water on his club and hitting balls on the range to know, like, how the ball would affect on the, the water's on the club. It uh, decreases spin, right? Mm-hmm. And so people were, like, you're, you're thinking about too many things. Like, for him, that, and, like, for me, I think that's genius. A lot of tour players think that's, that's actually really smart because you, if you're in a situation... Where you need to know and want to know what's gonna what the ball's gonna do there, you want to know that. And right. mentally, you're gonna feel more confident knowing, hey man, I've already gone over this. It's like taking a test, right? And you've already seen that question before. Yeah. You know, you know what that answer is.
0: Well, and by the way, most of the people that are giving him shit are not on tour.
1: Exactly. They're not better than him. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the kind of funny thing is, is it's, there's a whole world of people throwing shit from a living room.
1: And there's and there, and there's even tour players and other coaches and whatnot that throw they're, they're, they're crap at him too. But the reality is like. He wins golf tournaments and if you see he wins him, a couple. if you see him hit the ball. Fuck. It is
0: incredible. When I mean, he won the long drive over at uh whatever it was, huh? hmm Fucking belted it without even taking
1: the club back. He smashes the ball. It's crazy. You watch the ball and you go, Oh my goodness. Because it doesn't look like when you look at a swing, it just it looks super I guess like the words like rigid it compared rigid. to other swings. It's totally. not it's not like a smooth duffner no. style, but like you see him hit that ball. That ball is going, and it is yeah. going really far and straight.
0: It is really interesting because I take my wedges back further. Mm-hmm. I don't have a great swing; I have a good swing. But yeah, I look at his swing and I'm like, "There's no how
1: the fuck. How is he murdering the ball? Efficiency. Right. The, the energy is super efficient. You, a lot of if you go see a lot of senior senior champions tour players, they don't take the they they physically can't take the club back longer. Right. However, you go play with them. They hit the ball really far. It's so crazy. Yeah, and they're and they're still super good. It's incredible. You're
0: making me realize in a moment that my swing has a tremendous amount of wasted energy. Yeah, I gotta dial that back. I gotta start pulling things away. Mm-hmm. I gotta make my swing more efficient. All right, everybody, gotta gotta read here from Ben Hogan Golf. When legendary golfer Ben Hogan founded his equipment brand in 1953, he proclaimed his products would offer quote the best performing design the best feel for contacting the golf ball, and the best eye appeal. Hmm, I like that eye appeal. Today, 65 years later, the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company remains committed to delivering a superior product line. And thanks to a unique factory-direct business model, Ben Hogan handcrafted, custom-made forged irons, wedges, hybrids, and utility clubs are available for hundreds of dollars less than golfers would pay for competitive products through traditional retail stores. Backed by risk-free demo and trade-in programs, golfers can enjoy best-in-class golf equipment, including the acclaimed Fort Worth black and white irons, edge irons, or the popular equalizer wedges, all developed and manufactured using Mr. Hogan's proprietary club building process. That's right, tour-quality custom Ben Hogan golf clubs for a fraction of what competitive products would cost at retail. Don't pay unnecessary middleman markup. Visit BenHoganGolf.com and use the discount code ERIC for 10% off your order. Visit BenHoganGolf.com and play with the quality and craftsmanship that Ben Hogan Golf Equipment is famous for. That's BenHoganGolf.com, discount code ERIC, E-R-I-K, for 10% off your order. Check them out. Yo, Adidas golf shoes, y'all. I've worn lots of shoes since I started playing golf seven years ago, but I haven't found anything that matches Adidas. It's actually very true. Boost. All capitals, folks. B-O-O-S-D. Boost is the best cushioning in the game, and they test all their shoes so that you get the stability you need for the swing that you want, or whatever. Whether it's the Tour 360, which is all around a great shoe, or the Addy Cross Bounce, that's what I like. Uh, I typically wear... Well, I like the Addy Pure, y'all, because they're classy as fuck. And I also like the... Uh, I like the cross-knit boost, y'all. It's an older model, but they look kind of fly. Everyone thinks I'm wearing running shoes on the course, but no. I've got stability, and I've got little nubs to keep me in check when I over-rotate with the big stick. Um, everything that they make is so versatile and comfortable, but most importantly, they're all built to perform on the course. Visit adidas.com and click on the golf section or visit your local retailer. <laughs> Maybe just go online, y'all. Who wants to go to a local retailer? Let's face it. To find the pair that's right for you. You can also follow Adidas Golf on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. For all the latest news and releases, check it out. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason. And we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. And we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast.
1: I was having dinner in San Antonio with a couple of Champions Store guys, and we were like just going over swing, just talking golf. And. He is, they're all talking about how like so many, so much energy is wasted. So much more consistency, so much more power can be created just literally by just shortening things up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. One of my best rounds took place after following Bernard Langer at the um, uh, Kia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kia? No, it wasn't the Kia. That's a LPGA. The one in Newport? Newport, yeah. Toshiba. Toshiba, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kia is the LPGA one. Right, yeah. In Carlsbad. I've been to the Kia, too. That's a good yeah. one.
1: Um, you want to talk LPGA you follow that at all yeah Um, I got a couple good friends in LPGA um, Jane Park Brianna Doe Tiff Joe. she's hilarious yeah Tiff's pretty funny they're, they're all LPGA is a different game why is are
0: you uh, hang on a you know I was wondering why I have I've been doing some research on Korea mm-hmm. on South Korea and a potential you know kind of traveling there situation and i've fallen in love with the place and the idea of going i'm curious to know if you have any understanding as to why 10 of the top 25 or whatever the fucking number is right now Mm -hmm. are south korean why what is that
1: Pak, who is like the legendary lpga south korean like trend like she's the she's the first one to do it and won the u.s open i believe at Black Wolf in Wisconsin in Kohler, Wisconsin mm-hmm. she had this shot where she hit out of the water like the, her ball was like in half in the water and she hit this miraculous shot and she won the US Open and like everyone in Korea like apparently was watching and that pretty much sparked a massive interest of women's golf in Korea and after that like the whole entire country came obsessed about being the next Pack. really? yeah and when was that? That was a while ago, right? I think that was like ninety mid nineties. That's
0: fucking insane. Yeah, that's why like the shot heard round the Korea. Yeah, like every <laughs> every Korean knows knows that shot. Really? Yeah, she's a legend. Oh, that's interesting. I never, mm-hmm. I never would have even considered. So she's that. the
1: first one to win a major, right, in right. golf for the country. Right. That's fascinating. So like, there's, you go to you go to you go to Korea. Once you do, you'll you can do some interviews and just ask random people about that. They'll all know about it. This hairy pack shot from Black Wolf. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I gotta
0: pull that up. I want to see that now. I don't. I don't have it in my memory bank.
1: There's some cool ones like like KJ Choi's bunker shot. He holed out. I think it was at Congressional. At Tiger's event, and he held his bunker shot. I think it was like 17th hole, and uh, that was to win that event, to win Tiger's event. That was a lot of people. That was a huge thing. Right. And after that, a lot of men started wanting to play golf. It's interesting; these moments of glory concluded in
0: sort of a, a, a nationwide sweep of interest in in taking up the game themselves. Was that? Do you think that's because they wanted to um, like sport the game, or do you think it was like they just became fascinated by how that happened, or do you think they actually wanted to live that? They wanted to do that shot themselves. That's it. because that's a bold pursuit of greatness.
1: I think. I think I can say this because I've like my heritage is korean like my parents are korean like and I, and i have some background knowledge on this like and then and i'm korean so i can say like Koreans don't have the athletic ability necessarily as like other other cultures as far as like size and strength size and strength yes so like golf is a sport where it's kind of you can be small and still compete whoa i never thought of that so like when it comes to what's a realistic sport that you can have success in as a, even as a, like a female specifically. Huh. Like it's kind of only golf. Yeah, basketball's not really the one. Yeah, basketball's not it. Volleyball. Unless you're Jeremy Lin. And Jeremy Lin's... <laughs> Remember that
0: phenomenon? Yeah. That he, fucking came out of nowhere. He is unbelievable. Jeremy Lin just jumped on the front page. hmm How do you watch... Because you, do you deal with these uh, players get famous? Do you watch that happen?
1: Yeah. Are you talking um, like about Like I watch them win, watch them get bigger. Like... I first met Bryson when he was still coming out here on the PJ Tour. Um, yeah, this
0: might for away a little bit.
1: Okay, they are they're they're normal guys. Yeah, and they don't most of them don't let their egos get huge. Not ego
0: necessarily, but I mean, your life just changes for the matter. Oh yeah, like totally. You can't help like,
1: it. But at the same time, they know that golf is a crazy game of fast up and you can go even faster downhill. Right. And it goes away That's in a terrifying. heartbeat. And you, you have a three to five year career on the PGA tour and you're, you're still having a decent career. Right. And you, and they're constantly all, all of them are making plans and thinking about how, what, how and what am I going to do after golf? Hmm. And even more, especially on the LPGA. Cause right. if you play till you're 30 on the LPGA, you're, yeah, you you you're going to the end cycle of your career. What's Wheezy now, 28?
0: 28, I think? Probably, Somewhere yeah. Now. She looks 27, so, you know, she's got that going for her. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what uh, was I going to ask you is, um so you travel a lot. You, you know, I love to travel. What's your favorite part about traveling? I mean, I understand for you it's probably
1: a little bit more of a grind. I think it's the... Because you're going to the same places a lot. Same places a lot. That's fucked. But, but I, I think for me, like, it's just to be able to see the guys. And the guys that I work with and the camaraderie and the family out there. Because you're part of this traveling circus. Mhm. That's like, cool. Like we're we share Airbnbs together. Right. with the caddies and with other 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 people. <laughs> like that that are doing similar stuff as I am. And we're all on the grind and we're doing it out of love. Right. Because we love this game. Right. And we love the people and it's just an we all know most of us can make more money elsewhere, <laughs> but we love this game. Yeah, and it's the passion that comes from it. You talk to most caddies, and it's it's because of love. Yeah, even if you like worked at your local country club caddying, doing the same thing, you'd make more money than if you're, if no. you're caddying on
0: the on the web. Oh, well, the web, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the web, you think you only get like a hundred bucks a loop?
1: No, you'd make, but like you 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 you, you they probably get paid like. 1500 a week but you got to fly but that that pays for your flight that pays for your rental car whoa your food everything for the week that's insane and there's no the crazy thing is like i'm speaking on behalf of the caddies right now like i'm like it is crazy that they're not getting health care like they don't have insurance
0: I, i agree with that
1: that's they they how come the pga tour doesn't set that up Peter Tour's I'm not gonna get into that. PGA and hate me, for but sure it that. would be
0: their responsibility, or or there would be a caddies union. Oh, there was gonna be a caddies union and that was turned down. Is that what happened?
1: Whoever it comes from, I think.
0: Well, you don't need to. You don't need to state a position, but yeah, just the just, facts. What is the news? I don't remember.
1: I just know that caddies aren't happy with that, and I, I don't think that's. It's, it's a tough business. Yeah, you know, it's,
0: it all comes down to money. Well, know? I mean, hey, you know, I. Uh, I suck the breast of the PGA Tour, but I don't feel like that's a reason why I should have to agree with everything they do. I mean, ultimately, they have a lot of money and they have the ability to take care of a lot of people, whether it's quasi-volunteers that come in to run an event so that a donation can be made, which was already mandatory anyway. They have to make a billion dollars in donations because they make that much money. But when you talk about all the employees of the PGA Tour get paid well and taken care of, and now the caddies are essentially a... Why aren't they just the second elbow?
1: I'm not the right person to be answering that
0: question. (laughs) Ninja's going to (laughs) decline. What, uh, but, um, so what's your favorite? Uh, I mean, so you've seen a lot on tour. You got any, you got any crazy stories you want to share? Everything's pretty boring. Oh, no, it's not. It's just, what do you do on Sunday typically? Are you there or do you bail? I usually bail. Right. So Uh, you're there usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe?
1: Yeah, right. Monday to Thursday.
0: And what's your favorite event as far as like logistics and accommodations?
1: LA. Yeah, baby. Of course. Ribs nice.
0: Ribs nice, man, and and it's like good weather usually and that time of year is not too hot.
1: And the fans are really respectful.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that because I never really hang for the fans. Like, I usually am in on Tuesday, Wednesday. I got my work done, interview the players, whatever I got to do. And then I never would go. Yeah. But I didn't realize the fans are different in L.A. The
1: fans, you'd think they'd have... Because they, they have the opportunity to go crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do some stupid stuff, which you see all the time. Like, that's that's a whole other topic. What, like, like Baba Booey or... Just like mashed potatoes, and it just gets so old. Like, don't do that. So if you're listening to this, don't do that. <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. you're listening to this and you do that, don't do that. Just grow up. Just get yeah. out of it. Like, I don't think I get a lot of those listeners. I'll be but, honest. but a lot of, yeah, I, I don't think the listeners here. It's not my demo. Yeah, they, neither are neither is my demo. Hopefully, um, you should. I don't know.
0: I mean, dude, your your page is quite anonymous, and I don't, I didn't really know anything about. Anything, right? And I just looked at it for the swings, man. I love the swings, yeah. dude.
1: It's not about me. I'm not. I'm just trying to share some stuff that people would think that are interesting for my job.
0: Right. Anything else? You have any questions for me? Anything you want to add?
1: I'm really looking forward to the new uh, the new series you're making. The new show. We can't talk about it. I know we can't talk about it, but <laughs> everybody should. I think. The business aspect of it too. I think as we get to talk more, there's there's so much of this game of golf and the content that doesn't exist, and yeah. even from like companies and sponsors and stuff. And I feel like the work that we do, it it's still super unsaturated compared to other completely other kinds of sports and other industries.
0: Yeah, I mean, I look online and I'm like, where's the golf shit? Where's the, I'm sorry. Where's the good golf shit? That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't want the bad golf shit. Like
1: my my the content quality that I have really isn't that great.
0: It's strange to me that so many brands have so many access to whether with it, whatever direction you spin it, right? Like brands have access to great content creators. Content creators have access to great brands. Why the fuck don't they make something cool? I mean, I look at Audemars PK and I'm like, really? You made that video in the golf cart with that awesome golfer. It's on a GoPro and it's in like ugly black and white grayscale. I don't know if you work with them, but I'm like, you know what I mean? Did you do that? You didn't do that no.
1: But you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, there are I, so I many great opportunities you. out there. I agree with you. I just can't bash a specific company. Fine. No, I, I don't
0: mean to be bashing the company. I love the watches. Yeah. I'm just like... What I want to see is, it's an example, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, AP, like, they know who to pick, and and they they make a great product. They
1: post the same thing on multiple channels all at once, where all their players post the same thing, and you're like, (laughs) dude, like, as a consumer, I'm literally watching this again and again and again, and it also hurts, like, the players' accounts that post it. I'm like, yeah.
0: You don't want to make sponsored content, and I've actually decided not to for my Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take any more ads. Just don't think it, I I think there's three people that it doesn't benefit, right? The viewer, me, and and the company. Because it's just like Instagram, I would love it to be that one place that's just safe, mm-hmm. right? But I want to make content with brands that are like willing to go down. like Vice golf is a great example, like great example we made great content that's clearly an ad. It's not a lie. I'm not saying, you know whatever. I mean, I do have endorsements, and I and I but I don't go out of my way to be like, Swipe up for the newest color of ice balls.
1: Even even the players, even the players, like when they when they go and try to find sponsors, it's sponsors that they that they want to use. Yeah. they really like. They're yeah. just like you and me. Like if you are gonna get sponsored by like a club company or like a drink company, even like I want to promote a drink that I like drinking. Like I don't want It's it doesn't come off genuine if I'm like, go go. I'm an ambassador for this drink when I personally hate drinking. I'll never drink that.
0: Right. Right. Speaking of which drink greater than
1: <laughs> yeah drink
0: greater than it's phenomenal they shipped a case. Have you ever had it before?
1: No, never had it's actually
0: pretty good like I it don't is like really good. I talked to them and I told them I don't like the packaging right even though they're paying me. I said, look, you know I would actually like I could see this going a long way it's basically unsweetened Gatorade and it's actually healthy hmm anyway, I'm not trying to do a plug for greater than because we already ran that
1: the package I think the carton package is great Oh, you like it yeah mm-hmm. I think I think the the visuals be better
0: yeah the visuals can be great i mean the problem is the fucking drink is legit it's legit like i drink it and i just want to have all the, my chick friends drink it i'm like you're gonna love this but it looks like i'm a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and they have a big bodybuilder presence so i'm like i don't know i mean you know it's one of those things where it's like i come to you after 27 lessons and you say you know you're looking a little flat and i'm like no i mean you know my man mark has this business and he's like been working on it for years obviously yeah Marketing is an interesting thing. You, How do you understand marketing?
1: Marketing should be genuine and it should be really creative. And there's two aspects to marketing. It's how good the content is and how good are you at distributing the content. Hmm. If you make phenomenal quality content, it's more likely of getting distributed really well. But then if you're really good at distributing if you have bad content, it doesn't matter how well you distribute it. No one cares. Right. So you got to have a blend of both.
0: It's really interesting. It's like two brains. Mm-hmm. It really is. And and, and I, struggle. I find myself running into that because, you know, now we're doing these vlogs. We did one with Craig T. Nelson, Michelle Wee. Um, and, you know, I'm like, I just want to make good shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's my primary goal. I would like to sell good shit and I'd like to make good money. But primary for me is... I enjoy the process of creating. I don't enjoy the process of selling. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I tipped off the Instagram. I'm not going to do any more ads. Like, fuck that, dude. Like, it's not, it's not me. I don't enjoy it. I don't think anyone else enjoys it. And I, and I don't think ultimately the company gets what they pay for. Absolutely. You know? The company,
1: Then the bottom line is the most part of, like, the company doesn't get what they pay for.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they'd be better off giving me less money and just being like, yeah, wear this. And when someone says, what's that, just tell them what it is. Exactly. Right? Because that, that's an interested buyer. They've already bitten the hook and i'm happy to tell people that i wear, you know, whatever it is they're asking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's interesting. And I mean, even if
1: they are going to do an ad do it less often, but when you do it, make it really hard. That's what uh, hard. if you follow Gary Vee like he talks about the jab jab right hook. What and is like, that? I do I do like Gary Vee. You like jab and give the jab is like the free content. Mm. If you're if if you're an influencer, right? Like you get to put a lot of free content. You never sell anything, but then when even if you're a business, right? You put a lot of free content out there to give value for someone to follow you, and then you write hook. And the right hook is when you tell them one out of it, like every ten posts, like, dude, you should buy this. This is why. This is my business. Buy this. And it's more effective when you f- out front tell them buy this one out of ten times rather than ten straight times tell them buy this. Right. Where, like not even very hard, but just like underneath, like you should buy this. Right. Like one out of like yeah, ten direct. out of ten times. Yeah. Be direct. But don't 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 tell them buy this ten straight times. Right, no one's gonna follow you. No yeah. one's gonna see your content. Your no. content becomes horrible. No. All right, let's wrap it up. Anything else you got? I think a lot of the coaches and the and the physios and the trainers out on tour, like there's so many layers of people that don't get the credit that they should, and it's not just the golfers. Like there's so much. There's like you're a storyteller. There's so many stories out there like even the caddies. Yeah. And out of the 225 players on the PGA Tour there's so many guys you only hear about the top 10 all the time. Right. Five, on TV, right? Right. I think there's the beauty in the game is not even not even just on the PGA Tour. Like that's why I love your content. It's about the people on web. So what 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 is it like playing mini tours? I would love to do more web.com stories. Yeah. And and they all even all the PGA Tour players that's where they came from.
0: Right. I mean, no matter what, almost, right? Like,
1: the stories, my favorite stories about golf are talking to guys about their time playing Latino America. Right. And going to Bogota, going to Guadalajara, and almost getting killed. And let's like, set
0: that up, dude. I would love to do, I would love to go there with yeah. them and, and watch that happen. Like, for the first time, watch a kid go there and be like, oh my God.
1: Well, let's, let's do it. You know? And it's 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 super interesting, and I think I think that's the hustle you have to do, and the learning process of getting on the PGA tour and even how hard it is and how patient you have to be. And even the money aspect of it, right? Like a lot of good players are good enough to make it, but they don't have the money to sure. right You got to have private sponsors. Yeah. Even, even PGA tour players, right? Like if you start missing like 10 straight cuts, your first 10 events, like, what are you gonna do you're in the whole 100 grand or something that's, right? that's that's the difference between being a golfer and work being like a basketball player you champ and chump your your team doesn't pay for your flight they don't pay for your food right. they don't pay for your hotel you got to pay your caddy no matter what yeah there the minor leagues of golf is a very thin line mm-hmm. right and it demands a
0: lot of um, stability in your own head it seems like
1: if you break even playing golf you're one are a world class player whoa yeah. That's heavy. Especially guys that are traveling and buying a thousand dollar ticket to go to Asia, and they live here and they go play to make to after all your expenses, to profit a thousand dollars and break even, you have to finish like top five. That's so insane. out of hundred forty field.
0: That's so insane. Good luck. And you, by the way, you said you have to. It's not golf as we know it. Yeah. It's not golf as I know. It. It's not golf as anyone you know I've interacted with really knows it. A and, different and, game. and that's
1: why like a lot of people were like fans of like James Hahn's story and he was really open about it. Tell me the story again. He was like at Cal Berkeley and he and he played golf there and graduated and he was selling shoes at like Nordstroms and then he finally made the PGA Tour and like he won. And he was talking about it at Rat Rivy when he won when he was in that playoff with DJ. And for for a lot of people that's super inspiring. And I think like stories like that where players are open to talk about it and like a lot of players don't think that's interesting, but like to people that love golf, like you and I, that's so awesome. It's all we fucking want, dude. Yeah, and that's where you, they show the side of who they are. Like they're just like us. Yeah. And what they've sacrificed to get here is just incredible, and the, it's, it's not even. It's not it, what I what I love is getting talk to the parents of the players, and like these parents, they sacrifice everything, and these coaches even sacrifice everything for these players, right? right. They. Most parents can't pay their coach, two hundred bucks an hour, right? Right. But, but this kid needs it to achieve his dream. So these coaches, when they see good talent, like a lot of coaches have sacrificed and given them a lot of time and free time, and for a kid that really wants it, right? Right. You forget that. I mean, even Jason Day, right? Like no. Cole was like, oh, yeah. You know. Jason Day and Cole are the most. They're they're underappreciated and under. Like they don't get the credit for how unbelievably nice they are. Yeah, he is a superstar. That I've, I've I've like my favorite example was of Jason Day's story is when he lost in that playoff with Billy Horschel at TPC Los Colinas oh, wow, for a the AT&T that. Nelson I think last year. Okay, and Jason Day missed that. I think it was a, it was it was literally like a two and a half foot putt, and he lost the playoff and. He literally missed a two and a half foot putt to lose in a playoff. That everybody thought was a gimme, right? And afterwards, during the trophy, trophy ceremony is going on, Billy's at the green, but like Jason and Cole like are in the locker room getting their stuff and they getting ready the to pack out and leave. And there's a group of kids waiting for Jason. Kids, they just want the autograph, right? And they and they and they're walk, they meet him at the door walking out and they and they're like, Jason, Jason, can we get an autograph? And Jason's holding his son in his arms and he hands it off, hands his son off to um, his buddy, David Luteris. Shout out to David luters um, <laughs> And he stops and signs for these kids. Wow. And this is right after he lost the playoff and he just wants to go home and he stops and so signs. You're going to make me cry. F- Sign yeah. for every kid. Yeah. And I'm like, that is incredible to, at, at that point and and it means so much to these guys like to you got to realize these guys are out here doing what they love and it's their passion it's what they've wanted to do f- for their entire life like that's been their goal and there's been no plan b do you think
0: that when jason looks at those kids he sees something different than other people see when they look at them
1: i just think it just shows character like how good a guy he is
0: do you think he, do you think Jason goes back to himself as a kid? Like, I mean, he was totally. like, I mean, and, he was all broke, these guys do. didn't have a dad.
1: That's what I love about golf. And pretty much every single player, if you want an autograph from them, they will not say no. Even Tiger. Like, Tiger stops and does a lot of autographs now. Yeah. And every single player, you go say hi to them, they'll say hi back to you. Like, my favorite example is, like, my first tournament. Like, I was at Rivy and, I, like, Angel Cabrera was, like, on the 10th tee and I just waved hi, and, like, Angel just waved high back like that sticks to you in your brain whoa and you can't do that with any other sport really right and I I think that's the awesome aspect that's why I enjoy like being out there and and watching these guys interact with the fans and the kids and the kids really loving it because who knows like those kids are going to be PGA Tour players and they're going to do the same thing they're role models for the future yeah
0: exciting, man. That's exciting how there's like a snakeskin to it that sheds and is reborn. And I mean, in our lifetime, hopefully, we'll see golf evolve multiple
1: times. and And it's cool that you know, I guess in some small way, you and I are a part of that. And and golf's so therapeutic, right? And and it makes an impact on so many lives. Like if you go, if you go look at kids at your local range, like they're they're there because and it. Mm-hmm growing as individuals whereas like if the game of golf didn't exist they could be doing a ton of other bad things <laughs> it's true yeah yeah golf is actually a, the one
0: positive addiction that I know of
1: mm-hmm.
0: well cool man thank you for joining me I appreciate it
1: really appreciate it looking forward to and then thank you for having us at the crib it's, we have an Awesome house.
0: How's the breakfast sitting? We made we made breakfast before this. It was pretty delicious. Oh, so good. Fed fast. It was a people. very LA breakfast. Very LA, right? Yeah. Avocado, arugula, toast, eggs, bacon. Yeah. Do you? Uh, where, so people will find you. There's a link in the podcast description below. But uh, find my guy over here at the Country Club Collection. Any other links you want to throw out? That's it. All right. Uh, everybody have a great week. And uh, as I always say, I'll see you in the shower.
1: Thanks, y'all.